We're going to continue in our series of uh, messages related to our purpose as a community. And uh, so this, of course, there's a pattern. You'll notice I do this often, is uh, I create a bit of a pattern in these PowerPoints. And so today is going to be no different. Our purpose statement as a community, which is also on the announcement sheet. And uh, basically, it's very simple. To grow in our love for God as followers of Messiah Yeshua. And we do this through our worship and studies so we can then serve and encourage others, both in our synagogue and in our greater Jewish community. And I want to point out, I got this little gift from Jim Bergen. So you notice what I can do now. I can actually point out certain things. So today, today we are going to focus on study. Study. How many of you like to study? A few of you. Good. I know Mike. Mike has been studying like crazy for his exam. Matt's got an exam coming up. You have to study to, uh, to pass exams. All right, so it's a lot of work. Uh, we're going to be focusing on study today. Our expanded statement on study as a community is through this congregation we grow to know, defend, and practice God's scripture in our lives and to better educate ourselves to live out the traditions of our Jewish people as taught by our Messiah Yeshua. We really desire as a community to be active learners. Active learners. We have a lot more to do in developing that and getting better at that as a community. But it's one of our purposes is to learn, to study. Not just in the biblical text, which is the most important, but also in terms of our our identity as Jewish people. We're going to talk about that. All right? But more than anything, the purpose of this synagogue is to encourage all of us to grow in our love for God. That is the primary purpose. That is really all that matters is that you come to this synagogue and when you come here, you are slowly but surely growing in your own personal relationship with God, your own personal love for God and your commitment to Him. Now, why should we love God? We love God because He loves us. This classic text, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. He used the words of our Messiah Yeshua, but a good summary of a lot of the the Tanakh text, a lot of text in the Hebrew Scriptures where God states very clearly His love, His love for His creation, His love for for the nation of Israel, His love for individual peoples. God loves. God loves. He cares. He absolutely cares about you and He cares about me. And because He loves us, He'd like us to love Him back. (laughs) Okay? The Viahafta. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then how do we show God that we love him? We intentionally grow in our relationship with him. Growing in a relationship with somebody takes work. All right? And, uh, you know, Morgan's here. Morgan's brand new. You guys, all be nice to Morgan. He moved here from New York, Long Island, Long Island. And see, and Bob, you're from Brooklyn, right? Yes, yeah, we just said, we were talking about that last night. Yeah, I mean, new, where you're from in New York is important. Like, you could just say, oh, Morgan's from, from New York City. And he would go, no, I'm not from New York City. I'm from Long Island. And Bob is originally from Queens. And so if you say he's from Brooklyn, he's going to go, I'm not from Brooklyn. You know? So he's new. You've got to get to know him. Uh, he's going to be here for at least the next year, God willing, uh, just learning and, uh, and developing as a follower of Messiah Yeshua and, and uh, growing into what it is that God wants him to do with his life. And uh, so he's been here a few times because he went on uh, the Israel trip with me twice, but uh, now he's with us for an extended period of time. Now, part of the reason he's here is because of this text, intentional growth. He could not, 
He didn't really feel like he could get to where he was going to be, where God wanted him to be in New York. He needed to come here. All right? Colossians 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Messiah, keep seeking the things above, where Messiah is, sitting at the right hand of God. Focus your mind on the things above, not on things on the earth. And sometimes in order to grow in our relationship with God, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to move around. All right? We have to be willing to accept that we've got stuff to learn and things we need to change. That's what it means to grow in any relationship. Any relationship. All right? We're going to see a short video here. Some of you are going to immediately be drawn to it. It is a LinkedIn video. But I want you to pay close attention all right, to what this video is actually talking about. It has to do with learning. The quickest way to move from lower order thinking to higher order thinking, which will help you increase your retention of information, is by being an active learner. Now, active learning is where you focus on applying your knowledge and participating in the learning that's taking place. This could be by following along with the exercise files or reflecting in your notes about what it is that you're learning and the knowledge that you're gaining. The knowledge checks and assessments in LinkedIn Learning are designed to help you actively participate in the learning and keep you from being a passive learner. Now, passive learning is really common. When we simply watch a video, we're experiencing passive learning. We're still gaining knowledge, but not necessarily skills. The skills come when we can apply what we have learned and actively use our knowledge. Many LinkedIn learning courses contain features to actively engage you in the learning. And I highly recommend that you utilize these features so that you can gain skills, not just knowledge. Some courses, however, may require you to apply your knowledge in a real-life situation. For example, if you complete the speech writing course, it could be advisable to write a short speech after that course in order to practice that knowledge that you just gained. Now, timing is also really important. The longer you wait to apply your learning, the more time that passes before your brain refires those synopses, and the less likely you'll be to recall that information in the future. Sometimes, we simply can't get away from passive learning, but there are things that you can actively do to help you memorize and recall information. To dive deeper into this, check out the Study Skills Fundamental course, which is filled with tips and tricks for memorizing and learning, including various note-taking, reviewing, and test-taking techniques. When possible, be sure that you're actively learning, not just watching, but doing. All right, very good. Practical. How many of you guys have a LinkedIn profile? I do, but I don't use it. Um, uh, There's so many opportunities to learn, but what is it this video is really emphasizing? Don't be a passive learner, be an active learner. How do you become an active learner? You actually apply. You do. You do. It reminds me of what James said, Yaakov said in his book, in uh, chapter 1, verse 22, don't be a doer of the, I mean, sorry, be a doer of the word and not a hearer, all right? In other words, do, don't just hear. Don't just take it in and kind of let it rattle around and kind of get stuck a little bit in your gray matter, but actually apply into your life the things that you're learning, all right? That's what we're going to kind of talk about and emphasize this morning, and then you're going to have an opportunity to do that very thing. Uh, next, next slide. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to talk about why purposeful study is important. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 through 17. Before I get too far along here, I want to make sure that everybody has a copy of the announcement sheet. 
because those the notes you need and the format you need is on it. Who does not have a copy of the announcement sheet? Anybody? If not, Richard will bring you a copy. Okay, good. Everybody's got it. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. This is page 1142. 43. It says, You, however, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of. For you know from whom you have learned, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to make you wise, leading to salvation through trusting Messiah Yeshua. All Scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for restoration, and for training in righteousness, so that the person belonging to God may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. If we are truly studying the biblical text, it is going to impact into our, li- into our lives, not the least as we gain the confidence to know that the Scriptures are true. You see, if, you know, it's the phrase to test and see that the Lord is good. How can you test and see that the Lord God indeed is good? You follow his instructions. When you apply his instructions into your, into your life, you see that God is reliable. <laughs> you can truly believe in his word because you see it making a difference in your life. Here, I'd like you to uh, write down a couple of, just a couple of phrases, three phrases under this section. First, we are convinced by what we learn. We are convinced by what we learn. Uh, Matthew, I'll pick on him because he's got this actuarial test coming up. I mean, he is studying, studying, and studying principles which, con- which ultimately convince him that, that he's confident. He has confidence and, and convincement in regards to the formulas and stuff he'll need to write your insurance policies, okay? <laughs> to tell you how much you owe. We are convicted by what we learn. We are convicted by what we learn. This goes to this text where it says that the Scripture is good for reproof. All right, That's not just for other people. That's for you and me. When we study the Scriptures, we find that it convicts us. It, it points out things in our lives that are inconsistent with what the text says. I always like using the most egregious examples. So if you have a habit of killing people every Thursday night, and you read in the Ten Commandments, in the Decalogue, where it says, Thou shalt not murder, you suddenly are convicted by the fact that murdering people on Thursday nights, even though it might be very entertaining in some weird sense, is wrong. Wrong. When we read the biblical text and we really study it, it should convict us, it should impact our lives. Third, we are conformed by what we learn. All right? We are convinced by what we learn. We are convicted by what we learn. We are conformed by what we learn. And what that means is we are changed. We're molded. I wanted to put the C's there, okay? But we are changed by what we learn. That's the application part that the LinkedIn guy talked about, where it says, so that the person belonging to God may be capable. God wants you to be capable. He wants you to truly be capable in him, though. Along with that, you can be capable in your job and capable in your relationships. I mean, uh, today, uh, there's so many issues in our society. There's a lot of relational problems. If we take the biblical text and we improve our relationship with God, that will also make you more capable in your relationships with others, okay? There is an overflow that impacts all of you as you pursue your relationship with God. Uh, You'll notice on your announcement sheet, uh, something Josephus. Josephus was a, uh, a Jewish writer 
technically a traitor, but uh, he was a writer, a, a very important Jewish writer in the first century, uh, toward the end of it, and he wrote an apologetic uh, for the Jewish people against the, the Romans. And he said, we have given practical proof of our reverence for our own scriptures, for all those such long ages have now passed. No one has ventured either to add or to remove or to alter a syllable, and it is an instinct with every Jew from the day of his birth to regard them as the decrees of God, to abide by them, and if need be, cheerfully to die for them. And martyrdom has occurred for the Jewish people because of an unwillingness to reject God's instruction. So the text for us needs to be studied because it brings to us life. That's why it's so important to study the biblical text. Now, how does one... Some of this you're going to go, oh, this is a no-brainer. Uh, yes, how does someone purposefully study? First of all, study. <laughs> yeah, I love that in the LinkedIn video, passive learning. You know, it's just kind of like, play the video. <laughs> you know? There was another great video a kid made for, uh, I think it must have been a high school video. And uh, it talks about passive learning and active learning. And the one kid comes and he's got his books and he's ready to study and he's got pencils all you know, He's actively engaged. The other kid's sleeping in class. <laughs> When it comes to God's instruction, you come in anticipating learning. One way to do it is you take notes on the messages. When you go to a study, do you take notes? That's active learning. All right? But as he said, again, the whole idea is to think of ways you can go apply this stuff into our lives. The first point, 2 Timothy 2.15 on study itself, it says, and this is again right next to where we were just at, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, Make every effort to present yourself before God as tried and true, as an unashamed worker cutting a straight path with the word of God or with the word of truth. Here, these words that are used, I mean, in the classic King James or the Old English, it said, Study to make yourself approved unto God. Right? But the words that are used, I think, are even better. Make every effort. Work hard at the text. Understand the scriptures. You know, I was meeting with a, a good friend of mine who was a pastor in the area. And uh, was, uh, Bob, you would have been really very, because he's a friend of Bob's. And uh, you would have been very happy with the, the meeting. It was just like, we're sitting there talking about in, intensely discussing the text from a Jewish perspective. And it was interesting. He's a great man. He's one of the best leaders of the uh, church leaders here in the Chicago area. And yet he was open to learning a new understanding and approach to the text because he had just never been, it had never really come across his mind to look at the text in a different direction, you know? Are we open to learning the text from a different direction? Are we constantly willing to, to struggle with the scriptures and to look at it? I and mean, we have to do that. To memorize the text, Psalm 119, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. To hide God's word in your heart means to memorize it. If, the, if study is intense action, to memorize means repetition. Fundamentally, last uh, Club Maccabee, David Barker was in there working with the kids on, on uh, memorizing scripture, and you and I were talking about it, it's repetition. Memorizing scripture requires repetition. If you have a photographic memory, you don't have to repeat so many times. But if you're like me, you have to repeat, and you repeat, and you repeat. You know, God's instruction should not grow old to us. It's God's word. 
You know, to memorize means you take that text and you put it inside of you in such a way that it comes back out at opportune moments. We need to look at the text and, and study it in such a way that it is coming out of us. It's, it's the front part of our brain, not, not stacked away in the, in the file folders way in the back. We need to repeat the scripture. We need to be repetitive with it. Psalm 119.15 talks about meditation. Uh, I'm going to read this one. Psalm 119.15. In fact, I'm pausing on this one because I would encourage you. There's so much in Psalm 119. You haven't read it in a while? It's a long chapter. Go read Psalm 119. But Psalm 119, verse 15, says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. To meditate is different than to memorize. To meditate means that you obviously continue to think about it and therefore repeat it. But it's much more focused on letting it burn deep into you for the sake of application and change. To really get you to consider, maybe in a deeper, more full way, the important truths that verse represents represents. All three are critical to purposeful study. Know God's word by concentrating on it, concentrating on it in these three different ways. We have a synagogue statement of faith, and uh, in the synagogue statement of faith it says, the writings of Tanakh and Berch HaDashah are divinely inspired and fully trustworthy. True. A gift given by God to his people provided to impart life and to form, nurture, and guide them in the ways of truth. They are of supreme and final authority in all manners of faith and practice. God has given us Scripture, His Word. We need to, to know it, <laughs> concentrate on it, apply it into our lives actively, because it is supernatural. The biblical text is a supernatural document. It's not just not a book, not a collection of myths. It's not something that just happened to come down. It is a living supernatural document. Let us indeed study it purposefully so that it might indeed change us. The last point I want to make is what about Jewish and Christian studies? That's a good question because that's part of the purpose statement. Remember the purpose statement says uh, that we are not only educate ourselves in terms of scripture but also in terms of, uh, of, of the traditions of our Jewish people. As a synagogue, as Jewish people, we have, there's a lot of amazing things that are available out there in the Jewish community. Too often within our Messianic Jewish world, we just kind of say, well, if it's from the rabbis, it's bad. But we can't have that attitude. There's a lot of really good stuff that the rabbis have written. All right? Not all of it. But if you're reading the biblical text, you'll be able to tell when the rabbis are saying something that's inconsistent. All right? Sometimes they're inconsistent with one another. But where there are good insights, there are value to us. We need to take advantage of that. And so as a Jewish community... Now, we can learn and, and, and value traditions and resources that strengthen our identity and our faith, right? Uh, um, trying to think here, um, Samson Raphael Hirsch was really uh, almost the father of modern orthodoxy. He had some great things to say about the biblical text. Uh, um, the guy who marched with Martin Luther King. I should know, but I can't remember off the top of my head, my professor. Abraham Joshua Heschel had some great things to say about the biblical text. All right, so, I mean, 
I would encourage you, if you've never read much of anything in terms of, of just rabbinic literature, think about it. If you have questions, talk with me. I would say the same thing, though, in terms of Christian texts. All right? Not everything in the Christian community is, is something we would agree with. Uh, I mean, there are elements in, in, in the theology that basically they completely erase us as Jewish people. I have a problem with that. Okay, I think there's a prejudicial approach at times. But there are some great Christian authors. Erwin uh, Lutzer, uh, last Monday night, uh, spoke at an event, and uh, he's somebody that is a great Christian author. He's written a, all kinds of amazing things that are beneficial for us. Uh, many of my best commentaries, frankly, are written by Christians. Some of the best Hebrew scholars in antiquity were actually Christians. Okay, So, I mean, we should... We should appreciate what we can from within the Christian community. I mean, piety and such and certain things that are within the Christian community are also very valuable for us to know and to practice. All right? So when you, when you think in terms of uh, resources, don't just think uh, of Jewish resources or Christian resources, but think of both. Again, our synagogue's statement of faith says the Jewish tradition serves as the living link that connects us as contemporary Jews to our biblical past and provides resources needed to develop a Messianic Jewish way of life and thought. Furthermore, the Christian theological tradition offers riches of insight into the revelation of the Messiah and his will. And Messianic Jews need to draw upon this wealth. All followers of Messiah Yeshua, whether they be Jews or Gentiles, are part of the body of Messiah. They are with us in the faith in Yeshua. Let us connect and learn from them. What it means to be a Jew is not something we discovered in the last 30 or 40 years as Jews who believe in Jesus. We have that whole breadth of material within our Jewish community to guide and lead us and help us. Let's take advantage of that, all right? But in all these things, let us be committed to learn. It is the essential purpose of our congregation to encourage all of us to grow in our love for God through our committed study and application of the Scripture. Let's be committed to studying and applying God's instruction. 